it is 91,000 damn degrees. I am sitting right next to my air conditioner, right next to it. It is on the lowest temperature on the highest damn speed, okay? 64 degrees and it's on turbo. What the fuck do I need to put this bitch on? Power Ranger. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast streaming live on Digital Stream Radio, where you can access that live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm in the studio with, uh, well, I'm one. in the studio today with one today. Um, so say hello. Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish. And uh, that's it. Welcome you all to the dish. Um, it's only Nick and I today. Uh, Jay decided that he was going to hop on a plane with his family, go to Tulum, Mexico, and attend a wedding, which is perfectly fine, except he didn't take us. And so, therefore... And it looks beautiful. It is gorgeous. We should go to Mexico. I'll take my equipment. We'll do a show. We should always go everywhere, right? It's like just take the take the mixer and just do a show. Uh, yeah, maybe. What do you think? If I go to Mexico, I'm just gonna be in a Mexicoma. A Mexicoma. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes, I totally agree. Now, um, he's having a great time. Uh, he'll join us back uh, next week. Uh, Chris, of course, is not here today as well, but he will probably be, be back next, next week? week. We would hope. We would think. Um, we will see. But we'll find out. We'll find out the mysteries of who will be once the screen goes live. Who do you see in the studio? <laughs> Who's going to be on Gay Talk today? <laughs> oh, oh, the wonders, the wonders. I call them the eighth wonders of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's something, right? Yeah. So how are you, darling? I'm good. I'm so good. We're, we're here. here. We're, we're queer. queer. <laughs> Stop it. Jinx. Oh, my God. Monsoon. She actually won RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Proud of her? Yeah. She better work. Not that I watched it. You know, I haven't I, had an opportunity. Yeah, I don't. But I found out that she won. So congratulations to her. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got some uh, interesting stories, some cool things that are happening in TV and stuff that uh, we're going to be talking about later. But um, we're just going to talk, you know, start off with what we usually do. Yeah. How was your week? Your two weeks. Wait, we weren't here last week. Yeah. So why wasn't I here? Yeah. Oh, I had a board meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I wasn't here either, so it wasn't like you were. Oh, it was. True. It wasn't just you. We didn't do a show last week, so um, yeah. It's you know, um, I'm very proud of you because you know your your um, elevation to to your current position at work is well deserved. He's worked very hard for it, but with that comes responsibilities. It comes, you know, with with great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> Spider-Man. That and Superman, I think? No, that's just Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. What was it that, that um, Kal-El's father said to him before he passed? Um, 
I can't remember. Anyway, so I, I'm proud of you because, you know, it means that you're growing and that's always important, right? One wants to continuously always grow in their career and the things that they do and in life. You know, as we get older, we get wiser and and things sort of kind of fall into place. Mm. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. And then you have Chris. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, we love you. Um, no, but um, so that means that, you know, sometimes when things happen, there's a board meeting. Obviously, you know, we love to do the show. We do it, you yeah. know, week after week, or at least we try. But then things come up. And when we can't all be in studio, we sort of kind of have to just say, OK, well, today's going to be a day off. And we sort of kind of pivot and yeah. Then we come back the next week and pick it right back up. Yeah, and we should, like, address the fact that, like, recently we have been taking more Mondays off. Right. And I personally think, I'm sorry, but I think that's kind of my fault. It is, but I won't tell her that. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's because of my job and what my job is requires of me and we are in conversation about what that means for the future not i will not be leaving the show i love the show it's like my heart and soul like i this is my thing like this is my thing that i can just escape the world and truly be myself and talk about the things that really are important to me not that my job isn't but um we do need to kind of reevaluate so there may be some changes coming in the future. Right. Um not necessarily we'll still be doing weekly podcasts but right. um we will definitely be exploring um maybe changing some things around a little bit but uh more to come on that hopefully next week yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a team meeting hash it all out figure out okay what's the best way to to proceed and and move on um you know whether that is changing the time changing a date changing Mm -hmm. whatever it means and also you know thinking about other different things that we can do with the show uh clearly the dish is not going anywhere we have to talk about the things that happen around the world and that impacts us as a community and um, you know that that are important. We need to make sure that we're continuously, um, you know, relaying what's going on because we have to stay, especially now more than ever. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, given the nature of the politics here in the U.S. and what's going on, we definitely need to stay vigilant. So. And um, interim elections are coming up. That's right. Mid- interim? Mid- mid- midterms. Midterm. Midterm. I was like, oh, she's thinking about all the internal things that go inside <laughs> her. Speaking um, of which. Speaking of which. Why don't we talk about this? Because, you know, um, so we had Dr. G on two weeks ago to talk about this brand new launch of the product of the Anal Douche Powder Packs. And uh, as you can see on your screen, if you're watching our live stream by being a Patreon supporter, um, you'll be able to see um, a description or um, a a photo of of what the product is. Uh, But now you'll actually get to see what comes with this little cute little pack that we got. Mm -hmm. Um, So why don't we start um, opening this up and talking about what's in it? Yeah, so I was very surprised that it came with a doc kit. Yeah, I think we talked about that though. We did, um, and it is a very, it's a cute little pack. It's, it's very cute. What do you call that? A dop kit? Dop kit? Dop? D O P? Yeah, and I don't know why. Dop. Um. Okay. Well. But anyway, so it comes with that. You have pockets, plenty for storage of everything that you need to bring when you go on vacation, including your bulb, which mm-hmm. is not included in this package, by the way. Correct, but in the center it comes with all of your travel packs that you need. 
right so, here. Let me see that box. Mm-hmm. I'll open it while you're looking at the uh, the rest of it. And your beaker for the travel kits. Right. And all you need to include is a bulb. I'm going to open your pack. You don't mind if I open you up, do you? No. So, I don't know what this is for, but I'm I'm assuming. So that's where you put your stuff in. You I'm assuming that this there. is for your bulb and every. Oh, no, this is this is for wet clothes. Oh. If you go and hook up with somebody. You can put your dirty clothes in that little nasty, bag. nasty. You know what? That's cute. Oh, my God, Dr. G. You think of everything. Right. So this is cute. So this is uh, four grams of powder. So and, and these ha- these are how the powder packs look. Let me just um, come in a little closer on this. So this is how the powder packs come in. And you get a whole bunch of them in here. And your beaker. Let me get the beaker. So this is the beaker, and so you pour your powder, and I believe last week he said eight ounces of water, right? I believe so, yeah. So this is pretty cool. And everything everything you need is in the, in, in the bag, and then you get this beautiful... Yeah, and you can like put this in your travel case and walk through customs and not feel embarrassed, but if there is a testy flight attendant, you can open it up and be like, honey, you need one of these, and use this. Clean your home. And get, then get that it, shit out and get it destroyed afterwards. <laughs> I love it. So, um, so thank you to Dr. G and his amazing team for sending us a little care kit. So we decided Nick is going to be the one to try it because you know it hasn't been eighty-four years for her, and I will be going away. So that's important. and I'm supposed to meet my yeah. future husband when yeah. I go away. Yeah. So which which is important. So you want to make sure you're nice and clean. Wait, we talked about this on the show. Remember with the psychic thing? Oh no, I don't remember. Well, refresh my memory. So my parents have been talking to a medium. <laughs> okay. And they brought me up. I'll bite. They brought me up, and they said that I was going to meet my future husband this summer. Hmm. And I was going to meet them either somewhere, not in Connecticut, and I'm going on vacation. Clearly, there's nothing here for us. (laughs) I'm going on vacation in like a week and a half, Mm -hmm. and this little kit. It's coming with you. 100%. And once you get rid of the box. Because this is straight up going to secure the diamond ring. That's right. Because, I mean, you know, any of those previous Steves, it's just not going to work. Oh, if, if it, their it, name it. is Steve. <laughs> so, no, but the cute thing is that once you get rid of the bulky stuff, like the, like the box that the powders came in, you put the powders in their own little um, compartments. It's a great can, docket. You can put other things in there, like mm-hmm. your, your travel shampoos, your travel soaps, and your your face for the and, morning. And if you're hooking up in a random place, it's actually kind of plush. Right. You could use it as a pillow, or you could put it underneath your bum if you need to lift it up. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? The right angle. This has a multi uses. Right to make sure all those. This inches is a good go dock kit. I love it. <laughs> I love it, and it's called a dock kit. Dop kit. Dop. D O P. Let's look it up. Why Let's did... look it up. Why is it called a dop kit? Mm-hmm. 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 I'm curious. Dop kit. She's Googling it now. 100%. Mm-hmm. Amazing. The name derives from the early 20th century leather craftsman Charles Dops. Doppel it. 
Doppelet. Doppelet. Okay. Yeah. And he designed the first dop kit. So is is it just like a small travel bag? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. It was a it was originally issued for US military service during World War One. Which makes sense, right? Yeah. You want to be able to bring your, your toothbrush, your toothpaste and things like that and put it in something small enough to not be a nuisance. Yeah. So it's called a dop kit because the guy's name was Doplet. Hmm. I wish I can put my cock in a dop kit. You know, remember the the, the skit with Wanda Sykes, like the, the detachable <laughs> or pussy? dick in a box, dick in a box, right? <laughs> you put it in a dop kit. It's like you know, if you if you go to a bar and you have no intentions whatsoever of like getting laid or anything, and you know someone's coming at you strong, and you're sort of kind of like not into it, you'd be like, dude, I left my dick at home. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Also, it's an extra le- you know layer of protection, like with monkeypox right now. So uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. So, you know, you're going on vacation. Mm-hmm. You're taking your self-cleansing kit and, you know, your face and everything else that you need to yeah, to, to be Nick. Me. Sorry. Um, and so, you know, there is a, a real legit um, concern right now in our community about monkeypox. And we keep talking about this week after week. It's been probably three weeks in a row and where we had some sort of segment and where we're talking about monkeypox and the reason why we're doing so is because it is a serious like risk right now to gay men gay and bisexual men and you know it's important to understand that while this is not exclusively what we would say what so what we say is, you know, it's it's not exclusively, he had to step away for a minute, which is perfectly fine. It's not exclusively, um, you know, a disease that happens in the gay community. Um, it is important to recognize that it's affecting the gay community the most at the moment. Um, it, I'm trying to open up a story here. Um, let me see if I can copy this link. And put it in here for you. So uh, the issue is that uh, the WHO uh, has recommended that gay men and bisexual men actually reduce uh, the amount of sexual partners that they currently have um, due to the risk of being able to be susceptible to monkeypox and how serious uh, it is. They said that um, men who have sex with men are at the highest risk right now for infection from monkeypox, uh, according to the World Health Organization. They're also saying that about 99% of the cases among men, that 99% of the cases are amongst men, and at least 95% of those patients are men who have sex with other men um, that uh, either are gay or bisexual. The WHO um, chief um, says that uh, you should consider limiting your sexual partners to lower the risk of infection and to reduce the spread. They're calling for public health authorities and governments to fight the stigma and discrimination, which he says will only fuel the outbreak further. So it's a very, very fine line. You know, we we've had a history with how um, certain diseases or certain illnesses have been attributed or or they've tried to sort of kind of blame the gay community for them. Clearly, HIV and AIDS was one of those um, 
experiences that we had, you know, back in, in the early 80s, um, when we first started hearing about HIV and AIDS, um, it was called GRID, right? It was it was uh, associated with the gay community and people started thinking that, you know, oh, if you're gay, this is what you get, you know, and, and we've talked about this many times on the show before in where we always say that, hey, you know, when we're having the conversation with our parents and we're coming out and we're saying, hey, we're openly gay or I'm, I'm bisexual or whatever the case may be, one of the main concerns for parents initially was, well, you know, if, if you're gay, then that means that you're going to get AIDS and die, uh, which is not necessarily true. Um, we know now, countless decades later, that it wasn't a disease or an illness that specifically was attributed to the gay community. Anyone can get it. Anyone can be, you know, susceptible to to getting HIV and, and potentially passing it on to their partners. And so we have to walk a very thin line between acknowledging the fact that it is impacting our community 100%. It is. We are right now the subgroup with the highest number of cases reported, uh, but also making sure that people understand that this is not another gay disease. This is not God's raft on um, gay people for living in sin, how they like to, you know, say. And um and so we just have to be very careful. And so, you know, if the who is giving us recommendations, um, I think that government should should heed the warning. They should start being able to stockpile, just like we did with COVID, um, vaccinations that may potentially help in the communities uh, that are affected and start distributing those immediately to areas that could be potentially impacted um, and have higher numbers uh, as far as reported cases. Also, I think that um, community centers in, in our areas and all over, really, that, that service the LGBTQ plus community should really start thinking about um, and, and pivoting, um, not forgetting about that COVID just recently happened and, and, and that's a thing, but also, you know, trying to, to get as much information as possible uh, in regards to how we can safeguard ourselves as part of our community to, to, um, protect ourselves, you know, and, and I get it. There's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, choose, make a choice to not wear protection. Um, but in this case, when you're, when you're talking about, um, deciding whether or not you prefer to, to engage partners in a non-protected way, whether you're not using condoms, et cetera, Uh, You are potentially putting yourself at risk. And, you know, the important thing to realize is that monkeypox is not something that is only sexually transmitted. It is transmitted from human to human contact. Um, You could potentially transmit monkeypox if you are sharing, for example, a bed. Um, So we have to be very careful. We have to, you know, do our due diligence, understand the risk that you're putting yourself at when you decide to go out into big events or to places that hold big events uh, and where you would potentially engage someone sexually. And that is a big thing. It is it is huge in our community. We know that we have many different celebrations in many different areas. You know, for example, in Provincetown, we have, you know, Fire Island. We have 
a whole bunch of different places that where you know it could affect and so just be careful you know understand your risk understand your options you know whether you want to protect yourself um you know sexually by wearing condoms or using other means of protection or not having sex at all for the time being until we can understand a little bit more about what's happening sorry i had to step away that's okay work did you handle business i did i'm proud of you (laughs) um but that said did you talk about the fact that we just came out of a pandemic we did and we work at a gay bar. We do. And when people come up to me and try to hug me and I'm like, not right now. Right. People are giving me shit. Right. And I'm just like, uh-uh. I know where you went last weekend and I'm no, not comfortable you. hugging you right now. Right. And that's another thing. So understand what your options are, which is basically what I was saying. You stepped away. I was talking about, you know, the comparison to um, how uh, a lot of people are attributing monkeypox to being an exclusively gay thing because the largest population of people that are being affected right now are gay and bisexual men. This is not going to, we're not going to allow this to turn into another grid situation, right? It's not. Yeah. Um, but know your options, right? If you feel that, you know, you're going to be in a space and where a lot of people are congregating, you have, you have a right to make the choice to not engage people physically. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you. I want to be here with you. I'm going to share some time with you, but don't touch me. Don't come near me. Let's be safe. Let's, you know, let's come to a, an agreement to do things that will keep both you and I safe because it's not all about keeping you safe, right? When you, do things to keep yourself safe. You're also helping others. But at the same time, too, like I saw a really good friend this past weekend um, and they they just stopped by. It wasn't like, right. uh, you know, whatever. But I knew where they were and I know who they are. And, you know, he tried to give me a hug and I was like, say no, goodbye. No. And I literally said, I'm going to give it another week. I love you. I'm going to give right. it another week. But he also doesn't understand that if I were to contract monkeypox that's probably like a week and a half two weeks where i can't go into the office right and work and do you know it affects us and go on meetings and right. do the things that i need to do it's like if if i don't get it from getting laid and i get it from hugging a friend i'm gonna be pissed <laughs> i mean i would i would be too i'm not trying to make too. a, a no. joke out of it no, but no, you know no, what i'm saying but it's so but, but you're right you know, there's again, we, I was talking about, for example, you can get monkeypox by laying in a bed with someone who has it. Right. So if, if those little lesions or whatever that, you know, pop up that are full of whatever it is, um, pops and gets on the bed and you roll over that, you can possibly get it because you can it's, actually get it if you use a public restroom. So. I know I'm a little crazy. You are crazy. But I bring Lysol wipes with me. I do too. And I wipe down the toilet seat. I do too. I have a, I have like the bottles of, you know, what do you call containers? Yeah. Just like this one. So for all of you who are watching, uh, that I literally, so you see me walking into the office, I'm uh, walking from my desk to the bathroom and I got this like in a bear hug on my, and people are like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to the potty. Yeah. With that in hand, yes, because clearly you have to take care of yourself. Somebody was laughing at me. So on, uh, I worked on Saturday night, and at the end of the night, I had to go to the bathroom. I cradle that goddamn thing like I'm walking around and, with a football. And I went into the bathroom with a roll of paper towels, 
and bleach. And everybody's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I get monkeypox. I'm cleaning that motherfucker before I sit down. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And, you know, if you see, for example. Not that New Haven is rampant right now, but. Right. But the seat covers, you know how you, yeah. you get those. Put those on the toilet. I know they're kind of hard because one of the worst things, especially when it's. Can we address our opener? It is fucking hot as hell, and it has been for the past like so bad. two weeks. And this week is not going to be any any better. But one of the worst things that you can do is like, first of all, have swamp ass or sweaty thighs or sweaty butt cheeks, and then you go and you put that paper down on the toilet and you sit on it, and it gets stuck to you. So when you get up, it gets up with you, oh. and you have to peel it off. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Um, but yeah, you know, protect yourself. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. If people look at you like they're, you know, like you're crazy, I'd be like, well, you know, when you miss work for, you know, a week and a half or two weeks. And I just feel like, why are people looking at you like you're crazy at this point? Because After COVID, I know. It be a thing. I mean, I was a psychopath during COVID. Yes. I was one of the first people to stop hugging people back in like December of I know. 2019. I know. Ugh. I had people were like looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm not running the risk. Sorry, no more PDAs. <laughs> I mean, and that changed afterwards. So, yeah, yeah. Clearly, we got vaccinated and stuff like that. So, you know, like I hugged my mother for the first time after a year of not being able to do that year and a half. You know, so some people walk into the bar, but I'm reconsidering. I mean, I, I'm being very... So I'm yeah. certainly reconsidering uh, not, not, not doing... Not that it's like we they know what this is it's not necessarily lethal there has been i think a death at this point right. i think one maybe more i don't know um but either way if you contract it it's very painful from what i hear right and it's you know it takes you out of your regular life again and we don't need this anymore. I'm fucking tired of this bullshit. I mean, you know, you're right. And, you know, the, the interesting is that there are more than 18,000 monkeypox cases that have been reported across 78 nations. Um, you know, and obviously this is based on the data from the World Health Organization. And about 10% of those monkeypox patients have been hospitalized uh, to manage the pain from the disease. Five deaths have been reported in Africa. Um, and other nations, but it's, it's painful. Yeah. It's painful. So, you know, just be careful, be careful. Wow. That went in a, but we need to talk about that. We need Mm -hmm. to talk about that. Um, so we're going to talk about one more story before we go to break. Okay. So I will give you a choice, Mr. Nick. Do you want to talk about, your story or do you want to talk about leslie jordan before we go to break or save him for last Uh, mine might be a little long okay so why don't we jump into leslie jordan so leslie jordan as you know uh he is a little pint-sized comedian we love him uh he has (laughs) been a part of gay culture and gay shows forever um, he was in Will and Grace. He's been, you know, he's he's a stand up comic, so he's had clearly his own comedy specials and and done, um, you know, during the pandemic, he entertained us by doing some of his skits from home. You featured one of those skits here I know, on the I'm show. I'm looking for it right now. Um, but the guy is just amazing and cute and southern and and bitchy and and he reminds me a lot of Hans in a way. Uh, which I love you, Hans, by the way. Uh, but Leslie Jordan actually decided to jump on board and become. What do you got? Oh, Lord. Here we go. Oh, 
I guess every garbage can has its lid. It sure does. Sometimes they fit, sometimes they don't. But anyway, the hilarious comedian decided that he was going to shock a whole bunch of New York, New York tourists by becoming a guide, right? He was like a standing guide for, for a day uh, in the Get Your Guide um, tour bus that goes all the way around the city in New York. And, you know... Clearly, you don't know New York until you've seen it through the like irrepressible lens of Leslie Jordan because he is very like witty and and the way he chooses to express what he sees, how he interacts with people is just game changer. Um, and so a lot of people on this tour guide on the get your guide tour in New York city got a big surprise when Leslie Jordan was actually their tour guide. Can you imagine what would you do if you walked on uh, one of these tour buses and you saw a celebrity that you absolutely love because he's super funny and he's your tour guide? Can you imagine the commentary? Yeah, I don't know. Like driving by, by the Empire State Building. You know, once upon a time, I had a boyfriend that had it just as big, but then, of course, came something bigger. And so I had to let it go and move on, right? <laughs> because at one point in time in history, the Empire State Building was the biggest, the tallest building in the world. That's no longer the case. But nonetheless, it's a very uh, important structure. And so I can only imagine him doing shit like that. At least that's what I would do. Um, like the Chrysler building, you know, that's like the, the that's like the building that they put a condom on it because they have you have like the the copper um, scales that come down on the Chrysler building. I wish they had a video or something of it. Like, I want more quotes like, oh, God, it would be hilarious. I'm I would not think taking this call. So um, but anyway, so if you go to, you know, get your guide New York City tour bus, don't be surprised if you run into a celebrity or two actually being your guide. Yeah. I think he's funny, though. I love him. Yeah. I love him. I think he is. He sweats like a fucking pig, though. Did I tell you that? So I do I. No, but you don't understand. He sweats like profusely. So we went to see him in town hall. In P-Town, when I was up there, oh, God, probably about maybe seven years ago, seven or eight years ago, he was doing a one-man show at Town Hall in P-Town, and he was wearing a button-down shirt, long sleeve. It's summer, P-Town. He walks out, and there's nothing but just wet marks. It's kind of like Paul. All over, like right here. And I was like, oh my God, you're sweating. He goes like, yes, I know, darling. It is so hot in there. These people don't aff- get, can't afford air conditioning up in this piece. And oh I was my like, God. Remember last night when <laughs> I was doing my tips? Oh, oh my. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> you were doing your tips and you literally asked the owner of the bar to actually turn on the air conditioning. He was like, I'm going to charge you 10 bucks. He's like, here. I was like, I will pay $10. 
for you to put it back on for like five minutes because I had been running around and I just needed to cool off. I know. It's horrible. And then finally, like, you know, after the five minutes and ten dollars, it was fine. And he wanted He was serious. He was like, you don't give me them ten bucks. Mm. I was like, I can't with him. Mm. I cannot. Nope. All right. Well, listen, guys and gals and everyone in between, it's been amazing. So we're just going to take a quick break. We're just going to go, you know, refill these and do all that good stuff. But when we come back, we have a couple of more stories before we wrap it up and bring it home. So uh, stick around. Here we go. Welcome you weren't recording. Welcome back from the break, everyone. You get to see this on the live stream. I wasn't recording, so I welcome back. I fucking hate you I'm so <laughs> much right now. We're back from the break, and um, Trish is hating me right now. So um, let's do that. Let's try that all over again. I'm going to toss it over to her, and she's just going to do her thing. So um, Trish, what do you got for us today? <laughs> This is your fault, by the way. Why? All those tequila shots. No, no, no. You were the one that started that shit. I did? 100%. When did I do that? When I showed up. Oh, well, I mean, it's customary for you to just pour a shot when you get here. But I didn't. And I scolded you for it. I've been trying to be more level-headed here. Because you're the one that just comes in and just says, okay, we want tequila, so we're just going to do shots. And then today, the one day that she didn't do it, I was just like, are we going to have tequila shots? um, You're not going to beat me up if if I don't mention You cannot blame me for that bullshit. Yes, she is. She's Mm -mm. the blame. No, definitely not. So anyway, let's start again. (sighs) Okay, so what we, I had we, said we had was... difficulties. <laughs> so my brother and I have been having a conversation about um, the house passing the marriage equality uh, for same-sex couples, right? Right. Um, and what I said was 157 Republicans voted against it, which is 74%... And of, it's expected. Of, of, the, ...of the Republican Party. Right. That is a huge number. Right. And so in conversations with my brother, I was saying that while this is great and while you think that this is a huge step or something to be excited about, the only reason this is happening is because it's a reaction to Roe versus Wade and what the Supreme Court actually just did right. by overturning Roe versus Wade. So now Democrats are being reactionary and they're they're taking steps to make make sure that things like same-sex marriage aren't contested by the Supreme Court by codifying it in law. Right. But that said, it has to pass in the Senate. Right. Which and, requires, for this type of legislation, it requires 60 votes. And we have 50 Democrats. Right. And two of them, which are rogue. Right. And because. so let's look at the numbers, right? So we have 74% of Republicans in the House voted against this bill. Right. And we need 60 votes. Right. And we only have 50 Democrats. Right. And it's feasible. Of, it two, can happen. Two of which are rogue, right? Because we don't know. I mean, when we think about uh, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, uh, these are two senators that um, for this current session have time and time again proven that they cannot be reliable to uh, to be counted on to pass legislation that would help the American people. Uh, but I want I want to go back. Um, rinse and repeat. 
Oh God, is Chris here? Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> On how um, Roe versus Wade was overturned, right? So Roe versus Wade originally was decided, and, and um, it became the lands of the law back, you know, well over, you know, five decades ago, fifty years or more of precedence. Uh, but the way it was decided, it was called uh, due to a process called substantial due process, which means it, it is a principle in the United States constitutional law that allows courts to establish and protect certain fundamental rights from government interference, even if the procedural protections are present or the rights are enu- unenumerated or not specifically mentioned anywhere in our Constitution. So the fact that Roe was overturned. What that means is that all of the cases that were decided at the Supreme Court, including Obergefell versus Hodge, um, Lovett versus, you know, Virginia, um, the decision that legalized contraception in the U.S. and any other decision that was decided with that legal uh, judicial process uh, would mean they're at risk because we just overturned Roe Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. And so... In order for us to not have the impact that Roe v. Wade has had in the wake of its overturning, we would have to make sure that it's codified into law, which, by the way, Congress is still actively doing or trying to do with Roe v. Wade. And so the House passing, like you said, um, this unprecedented legislation still requires that the Senate act. And if they mm-hmm. don't, we are left oh, they'll the mercy. Act. But, but will they? No, they'll act. It's just, are they going to act in our favor? Right. Right? I mean, we look at Roe versus Wade, and the reality is the the ruling was based on the right to privacy. Right. It wasn't necessarily based... Yes, abortion was a huge part of it, right? So women have the right to privacy, including abortion and contraception. Right. And making decisions for their own, you know... Right. So, well-being. so the Supreme Court then ruled that the right to privacy did not include contraception and or abortion. Right. Because so, they were they weren't specifically enumerated on the in the Constitution. Right. So the House and the Senate at that point when Roe versus Wade went through should have then said, all right, let's codify this. Let's make this more legitimate. Let's put a law into effect underneath Roe versus Wade saying this includes and or there is a law now protecting the woman's right to choose. But that's not the case. Right. And the same thing is going on with marriage equality right now. And that is why our our Democrats are acting because they know it is the next thing on the chopping block. Right. If and, they gain control of Congress, which that is probably a, a very good, given the economy, given everything in this past year, let alone it is his first four years, right. and that is generally the effect of the previous president's last four. Right. There's a huge everyone, possibility. Everyone is up in arms. Right. And so, if that, if our house flips, if the Senate flips. Hmm. We're fucked. Right. We have what we would call, well, given, you know, obviously the election of 2024, whether Biden runs again for another year, whether we have another Democratic president People without did. having the House or the Senate. Um, you know, it's you're talking about four years of lame duck. 
You're talking about Pretty a president much. that wouldn't be able to move anything mm-hmm. um, in regards to legislation that would protect our rights as a people and our rights as Americans to live in, in and be able to to partake and, and live our lives mm-hmm. just like any other American does. So I guess my goal with my conversation with my mm-hmm. brother was mainly like, <laughs> he obviously he's a heterosexual, right? But like, man, he doesn't get it right Right. yeah right that's great he may may not have a clear understanding of how government works clearly if he didn't think no he does he he does but i don't think he realizes like okay yeah that's a great step but it's a reactionary step it should have just been a right a thing that we did right it should have just happened so now we're reacting to the fact that our government is not functioning correctly and we have to hope that the people that are representing the people in the Senate vote correctly right. so that our right to marriage isn't threatened. And he seems to think, oh, well, I mean, obviously it'll pass. Like It's just like, no. it's flippant. You know, right. it's, it's flippant. Right. It's something that will... And I love him. I'm not trying to bash in any way my brother. No, no, no. I, I understand. I, I love him, but it's like it's we have to stop being flippant about it. And and if you're an ally, and if you're a brother or a sister of somebody within the community, like you have to listen. You can't be flippant because the reality is, it's been what six, seven, seven years? years, seven years. And it's already year. under attack. Right. So we we need to come together. And the right to abortion stood for fifty plus years. Right. And like it's it's scary to think that like we we have to be so reactionary and people like my brother think like, oh well, why are we worrying about it? It'll pass. Well we should. We should. That's the thing. You know what yeah. in, what's interesting about all of this, uh the fact that um a substantial due process was also used to decide uh, Lovett versus Virginia, which granted justices like um my God, I I'm having a blank here. Yeah, I don't know where you're going. Uh, what's his name? He's the, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas. Thank you. Which allowed Clarence Thomas to actually marry a white woman in this country. Oh, that's the only thing that's not that was not mentioned. That was not brought up. Which was also decided with the substantial due process judiciary, like judicial concept. Right? And can I say? Yes. As a white guy, mm-hmm. and I probably will get backlash for this, but as a white guy, I had a conversation with. Um, uh, uh, you know, a person of color about this. And he was like, I didn't even bring it up. And he said, but did you notice the one thing he didn't attack? Right. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> right. And he was like, you can talk to me about anything. And I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. He's like, yeah, 
that's bullshit. Right. So it's okay to attack women. It's okay to attack gay people. It's okay to attack, you know, the right to contraception, to avoid women or to, to empower women or humans in general to own their sexuality without having the risk of being impregnated and not having to go through the process of deciding whether they should become parents prematurely. Yeah. Right. The right to decide, the right to privacy, the right to make your own decisions. All of these cases have that in common, Mm -hmm. right? And the one that wasn't mentioned in this leaked, you know, um, decision, preliminary decision was Lovett versus Virginia. That wasn't a decision. It was his agenda, his personal agenda. Well, you got to understand that the person that actually wrote the preliminary decision wasn't Clarence Thomas. It was actually another justice that did that. And it leaked. And that's how we knew that Roe v. Wade. It was Amy Cody Barrett, wasn't it? No, it it was not. It was actually one of the, I can't remember. I'm not going to say it was Alito. Um, who who just retired that allowed um, um, Katanji uh, Jackson Brown to Girl, elevate to the to the court? Don't put me on the spot. I'm not. Chris. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, so it, it was a justice who actually wrote a preliminary uh, decision that wasn't supposed to be public, and it leaked. That's how we knew that Roe v. Wade was coming down the pike that it was actually going to be overturned. And all we were waiting for was the session to finish in June. As with any other, you know, yearly session, it ends in June. The new session picks back up in September. And then it was made um, official that Roe v. Wade was overturned. And it was, it was a sad day in America. And it still is a sad day in America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we as a community have to be very vigilant. It will happen. I think that if one state, one of the not 34 states that decided to codify... If the Senate doesn't pass it, right, it's under attack. It's, it's in jeopardy of being overturned. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. Yeah. And it really is. And like, whether or not, like, I know you've several times, you've talked about like the fact that you don't want, you may not want to get married. You may not yeah. ever want that for your life. I sort of do. If it happens, it happens. Great. She wants that ring. Mainly I want the ring. <laughs> Clearly. I already picked it out. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's from Tiffany's, so save your pennies. No, it's from David Yerman. Oh, okay. We'll definitely save your pennies. <laughs> but that said, it's like... Now I lost track of my thoughts. That's how you picked out your wedding ring. That's how- Oh, no. That said, like... If we lose that right, mm-hmm. whether we want it or not, we are less than. Right. We're still, just like women now, our second-class citizens. And think of the implications. Like, right now, if you get married to a spouse in the U.S., because there is, it is legal to marry someone, your marriage will become invalidated. Your benefits... Um, for example, your federal benefits to be able to collect. For it depends example, your, on what state you live in. Well, you you get benefits at the state level. If the if the federal government decides that marriage equality is not a thing, you don't have a right to. That's not true. If the if if the state has passed it, the federal government should right. recognize it. The states that don't is different. That not necessarily. 
Not necessarily. Um, you, you have to understand how how it works. So because the problem then becomes if you live in Connecticut that has marriage equality yeah. and it's legal. Right. And you have all these rights because you live in the state of Connecticut as an individual state who supports marriage equality, who believes that as an individual, you are entitled to federal benefits that you would because of your spouse. And then you move to a state that does not acknowledge marriage equality. What happens to your benefits? How does the federal government then decide whether or not you're entitled to them? When so, now you live in a jurisdiction that does not recognize your marriage as it being legal. So it's, you know, when we, before marriage equality, mm-hmm. because we were doing this before marriage equality. We had civil unions. But like, I remember talking about this and I remember f- figuring it out. But I have to go back because honestly, I know that if you get married, there's something about getting married in a state where it's legal and then moving somewhere else. Right. But I can't remember what it was. So the thing is that with the, uh, with the overturn of DOMA, right, the Defense of Marriage Act, mm-hmm. it made it legally, fed, at the federal level, it made it legally for you to be able to be entitled to federal benefits um, in any state that you lived in, right? And so if you if you overturn marriage equality, right? We we say that, you know, Windsor versus, you know, I think I think she she actually sued the federal government because of the taxes that she was made to pay in California, the the estate tax based on her her partner's departure, but she legally argued that, you know, why am I um why do I have to pay these these you know, inheritance taxes when she wasn't legally my spouse in your eyes, right? That was the whole argument behind, um, you know, Judith Windsor. And then you have Obergefell and versus Hodge. And, and all of these were made the ability to actually get federal benefits, social security, things, being able to make decisions at, um, for your spouse, last rights and things that's why people are actually saying if you live in a state that supports marriage equality make sure that you have your wills updated so that you know exactly what it is that you want to happen uh is should you pass and your spouse be challenged by family members Mm -hmm. or anyone else that wants to say no you're not entitled to that because we don't recognize your marriage it might be recognized in connecticut but on the federal level it's not that's why it's very important to do that. And that's why I think that the Senate passing this bill is critical to letting the justice, the judicial branch know that regardless of what they decide, we're still going to be protected. This is why it's important for you to actually know who you're voting for, know the fact that we have a midterm election coming up. And in two years after that, we have a presidential election coming. You need to make sure that you understand where your politicians stand on all of these stances, because not only do you have to ensure that we have some sort of resolution at the federal level, you got to understand what's happening locally as well at state level, because it is going to be a shit show if you have to sit there and juggle the oh, it's valid here, but it's not valid here because you just never know. You know, if you have an ailing parent that lives in Florida and you don't have to sell your house in Connecticut in a state where your marriage is legal and move to Florida where right now our LGBTQ rights are being attacked in every direction possible, 
there is a potential that if something were to happen to you in Florida, your partner would not be entitled to all the things that he earned in being in a committed relationship and building a life together. And that sucks. Yeah. It really does. So, you know, just be prepared, but also be active. Yeah. That's a tough story. It's, yeah, it's intense. But I also, I, you know, I go back to um, how important this, you know, legislation is, but at the same time and how, you know, I want it to pass in the Senate um, and how I really implore our, you know, advocates and the people that are our allies to try to deepen their understanding as to why we might question and or um, push the narrative and or push the the question of but why and or like the it's almost like this fear like right. now we're at this place where we're almost fearful right we're like Thank you. I think this is a great article, but I want you to understand that this is why I'm saying this to you. And it's coming from a place of, I might lose something I finally gained. Right. And when we, where does that come from? Comes from a place of not only fear, but a place of understanding how oppression works. We have been a people that have been oppressed for so long that when we gain something, when we finally say we're here, there's no way in hell that we're going to allow it to go back. No. And I will tell you, if marriage equality were to be... It would be a shit show. ...reversed or overturned at the Supreme Court, you know that gay people and people in our community organize and organize well. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be it's gonna be huge. It's going to be a huge fight. Yeah, and the last point, I, point I'll make is the fact that Roe versus Wade, as we know, was overturned. Mm -hmm. And there are states in which you can still get contraception and have legal abortions. But Roe versus Wade creates an environment in which women actually um, may suffer their lives. Right. They may lose their lives because they have an entopic pregnancy. Right. Or, or forced to carry. Or forced to carry or whatever it is. And they have no protections or they don't have time to get to another state to have an abortion if they need it. Um, when it comes to marriage equality, it's very important. And we need to fight for it. But lives aren't... Lives are technically on the line because it will create an environment where people don't feel welcomed or... Um, loved or respected, and we will see a suicide rate that spikes once again, as it already is. Um, But I don't, I think that they're both equally as important, but I don't want to take away from Roe versus Wade because I think it's so important that these women get the health care that they need if needed, and that's what they want. Um, And I just wanted to make a point to say... We should support. Yeah. And the reason being, the most important reason being is because we clearly, as a community, understand firsthand what it's like um, to not be able to be looked at with respect, dignity, and um, be able to be full citizens of this nation. We know it. And the fact that they got to experience that for 50 years and have it ripped right under them, 
It is our duty and our responsibility as fellow humans and as fellow individuals who have suffered the indifferences of humankind, um, which which is a very like oxymoron to say humankind, because there's there's a lot of unkindness in this world. But to to suffer the indifferences of the human race inflicted on those, um, you know, by those who who believe different than you. No, you're to. to to suffer from those in power who have religious and or political beliefs that go against your human rights right. is not okay. It's not okay. And so if you can, um, if you find it in your spare time to support our women that are going through hell, because there is no doubt that as a gay man, most of my supporters early on, most of my friends, most of the people that got me through my tough years mm-hmm. were women. We need to we need to step up for them. Yeah. We need to be there for them. Just like they were. And they know, will for be us. for us. Right. So interesting. But yeah. thank you. That was a great conversation. <sighs> All right. Okay. So um that that was a, a, a tough discussion. Before we let you go um, and wrap it up for for the um, evening, I just want to say that um, there are a lot of really great shows coming up, um, and uh, House of the Dragon, you know, will will arrive in three weeks. I'm super excited because you know I'm a big oh, Game of Thrones fan. Get ready and, for that, everybody! And it's going to be intense, and you know, dragons and fire and blood and all that good stuff. I'm reading the book, and I'm like completely. Hans, I'm actually reading a book. It's amazing. Actually, I'm still listening to it, but it's great. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to talk about another thing. So, you know, back in the 90s, there was a movie um, which ironically was one of the best, like, I think, roles that Madonna ever played in a movie because I didn't think she was a good actress at all. I forgot she was in that movie. She was. So, I mean, I I liked her in Evita and then in A League of Their Own. Right, uh, which starred Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, there was a lot of other like amazing characters in this, but you know, it, it tracked um, a group of, of women that, when the war called their men to service, they le- were left behind to work, right, to mm-hmm. work and and take over America's best pastime, and they. Formed a national professional women's baseball league, and that's what a league of their own basically chronicles. And so it's in- interesting and amazing because I love the movie. I love, you know, for example, Rosie O'Donnell's character was my favorite. Madonna was great too, but um, Gina Davis was just incredible in that. But they have a series coming out. And so the series obviously is going to throw, you know, their own rules out the door. And, you know, in the 90s, we really didn't touch about, you know, the fact that a lot of the members of the professional women's baseball league uh, were may or may not have been part of the community. And so they were afraid to showcase that back then. This series is I mean, I feel like they did. They did, but it was very... Right, like Rosie O'Donnell's character was just sort of like, but they made her dance with boys and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she was just like, I don't really care about it, but, you know, they're giving me attention, so hey. Um, But that's not what this is. And it looks really good. So I will tell you that we're going to post the trailer for it on tonight's post. Go watch it. I'm excited about it. Uh, It's got, you know... 
I can't recall if I ever saw a black person in the original. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think any of the baseball, you know, women that were playing were were people of color. But this series, not the same thing. And so, therefore, it allows us to to see ourselves on screen and have a little bit more representation and see what it truly could have been like when people who may be or may not be part of the community get an opportunity to actually shine in the spotlight. And I think it's going to be great. Yeah, no, so, I think it'll be great. So uh, I'm excited. It's going to launch. I think they said. I see. honestly, I'm looking at the original cast. I see one person of color, and I I don't remember their character. What's the name of the character that she played? Mm-mm-mm. Oh wait, no, this is the the series. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So, um... Well, before we leave everybody, there is another show that everybody should watch. Which is? Uncoupled. Uncoupled. Explain. So, Neil Patrick Harris stars Mm. in Uncoupled on Netflix. I think it's an eight-series show. Um, But it is pretty much about a couple, a gay couple that spent, I think, 17 or 20 years together. And then all of a sudden, one of them leaves. Hmm. And then you are at a certain age as a gay man. And you are back in the dating pool. And you're trying to figure out what that means and how how to move forward in life and and then also as a gay man that's not married right how to keep keep your apartment right or your friends it, it, it's um touching it's funny um it's poignant and it's neil patrick harris he always and does it's neil a really patrick harris it's it's a wonderful right. wonderful series and i feel right. like everybody should is check it already it out. out or is it premiering oh. or coming out it's out oh. i binged it it's done yeah it's great yeah she watched that. <laughs> so that's available what uh you said on netflix netflix All yeah right, cool so a league of their own is actually going to come out on august 12th and it'll premiere on um amazon prime so you'll be able to watch the series there, and we hope that you you do and watch it and enjoy it. So I know I will, along with House of the Dragon and everything else. And now I'm going to have I, I have another one to add to my list. All right. Well, um, thank you, thank you so much for sitting and bearing through us, uh, or bearing with us through this um, through this conversation today and all the craziness that happened. And not recording but, half of it, right? But, but we we recovered. We recovered. <laughs> All right, so uh, why don't we bring it home? I'm going to toss it over to you for Mama Kim's Minute. Are you expecting a love? Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to give it to you anyway. All right, everybody. Here's Mama Kim's Minute. Number one, county clerk candidate promises to deny gay couples marriage licenses if elected. And that is how Waffle Kim comes to being. Right. And that's how it'll end up at the Supreme Court, right? Mm -hmm. That challenge. Number two, Pete Buttigieg is tied with Joe Biden in early presidential primary polling. That would be exciting. Will he run, though? I don't know. Number three, gay dads share a magic moment with their their son. You know when something's right. When they meet their son. Same thing. 
That's what I meant. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gents, I don't have a little tune or a little fairy dust or any of that craziness, but here's on this day in gay history. When? August 1st. What year? 1998. Where? In the U.S. of the motherfucking A. New York Times story on anti-transgender discrimination at gay games. So the gay games had reinstated rules that required documented Completion of sex change or two years of hormones to allow transgender individuals to participate. So basically, it just meant that, you know, you had to jump through hoops like a circus poodle on fire to be able to participate in the gay games if you were a member of the community that happens to be transgender, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. 1998. It was only... Like literally 13 years ago. I mean, we're still talking about it today. Okay, well, that's what it is. All right, well, ladies and gents, I want to thank you all for joining us on today's show. If you love the show, make sure that you go subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting service, allowing you, our um, listeners, to subscribe to the show and do all that good stuff. And, um, you know, you can always go to our website and... Um, Listen to the show as well. So you can also support us on Patreon, which allows you, our listeners, to support the show with a monetary donation, which we collect monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more. And um, is it still me? Yeah. Oh, God. You got a lot today. All right. Or you can just let me go. All right. Well, here's Nick with his weekly reminder on uh, future methods. So let me give her some laughs. Thank you. All right, everybody. Get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. The first of its kind doctor-developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser today. Water, water, I said water. water. But now you have the, the powder, too. Yeah, I know. So I need the water and the and powder, the powder yeah. to mix it all together and get your tissue on point. All right. Um, oh, God. Our show is available on our website, <laughs> gaytalk20.com. Wait, the- hold on. Oh, 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 wait. Um, Should we put a rubber on it? A dental dam on it? A ring to on it? Put a bodysuit on it because, you know, monkey pox is real. Cellophane. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0, Twitter at Gay Talk 20. You can email us at gaytalk2.0 at gaytalk20.com. Tom, close us out. All right. And uh, if you need to reach out to us, just go to our website, gaytalk20.com. Contact us, boom, me, him, <laughs> that one, all of us. Send us a message. We love you all. Um, you can also call us, 334-GAY-TALK, if you need all those digits, because, you know, your phone doesn't have all those little letters on it. It is uh, 334-429-8255. Don't forget, we do stream live. Um on digitalstreamradio.com and we'd love for you to join us whenever you can or you can listen after we publish the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and all those other amazing places. So thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We love you and you all have a good night. Bye! Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.